and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Oops Partners. I'm your host, Ian Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about the top 10 places to invest in New Zealand outside of the main centres. Now, I got a really interesting comment on YouTube saying, Ed, you guys always talk about Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch, but what are the best places to invest outside of these cities? And so I've updated all of my spreadsheets and that's what we're going to talk about today. This is your big spreadsheet. I Didn't you say you were going to put this online? Yeah, this is the one that I look at five different factors to try and get a sense of, well, of all the places in New Zealand, and I look at towns with a population of 10,000 or more, you know, of all of those places, where are the best places? Based on how big is the population, where is it in its property cycle, is it overvalued or undervalued? How fast is the population going to increase? Oh, there are six factors, yeah, actually. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought I could count six. <laughs> I'm an economist and can't count. You know, how affordable are the properties? What are the incomes? Is it a rich area? Is it a poor area or lower income area? And what are the gross yields? And so we package it all up and then we colour code it based on are things good or are things bad? And we look for where are all the good things? So one thing I should say is the reason that we always talk about Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch right now is that they are the most undervalued areas in the country. It is Wellington City at the moment is the most undervalued, followed by Christchurch, followed by Auckland. People always say, well, what about other places? Well, we talk about these areas because they are the best places to invest in New Zealand right now. But nonetheless, we're going to talk about some other places. So Ed, where are the best places? Well, if I look at the potential for capital growth, I am really excited about Ashburton, Rangiora and Kaiapoi. Now, these areas are all within about an hour's drive from Christchurch, so they are in Canterbury. But if I look at Rangiora and Kaiapoi, which is in the Waimakariri district, you know, they're about 8% undervalued right now. The thing I like is they've got relatively strong incomes. It's in the top 50% of council areas in New Zealand. And we're expecting over the next 25 years to see an increase in the population of about 25%. So pretty strong population growth. And the yields are okay. They're about average compared to the rest of the country. Now, I've always been really excited about Ashburton, though. Although it's quite a small area, only about 36,000 people live in Ashburton, it's undervalued and has been for a while. And property prices are really affordable. The median sale price over the last month was under half a million dollars. And yet you've still got relatively strong incomes and really good gross yields. I've always said to you, Andrew, we should look at properties in Ashburton for our investors. Uh, yes, and I've actually been looking for about three years to try and find something that makes sense as a new build investment. And to be fair, I just kind of can't make it work. And the reason for that is the prices are so comparable to Christchurch that, will you just buy Christchurch if you're going to buy Ashburton? Like, you know, Ashburton's kind of, one of the appeals there is that the prices are cheap, but the new builds aren't that cheap. You're paying the same amount for the land, pretty much. You're paying the same amount for the build. So you end up with the same value property and the rent's probably going to be weaker than compared to Christchurch CBD or, or Rolleston or Rangiora. I think if you're going to be an existing investor, if you're going to be a Burr investor, an active investor, that could be a good spot, but probably not in the new build space. Yeah, maybe even flipping you might look into. Yep. I mean, I don't know anything about flipping properties in Ashburton, but if you're going to be investing in existing properties, I'd be quite excited about Ashburton yes. at the moment, especially because of the affordability and the higher gross yields. And so, Ed, then, if we go outside of the Canterbury region, where are your next spots? Well, I'm really excited about the top of the South Island. So Nelson, 
Richmond, which is kind of just outside of Nelson, and then also Blenheim, uh, kind of the spots that I'm most interested in. And the reason is they're not that undervalued, you know, maybe 2 to 4%, but you've got decent population centres there. I mean, about 60,000 people live in the Tasman district, which is roughly Richmond, even though it's quite a bit bigger than that. Nelson, you've got about 55,000 people. Properties aren't as cheap, but it's a really attractive area and people tend to move there. But I'd probably be a little bit more interested in Blenheim because the incomes are actually slightly stronger than Nelson on average, even though you've got some pretty wealthy people in Nelson. And the property prices there are cheaper than a place like Richmond or Nelson over in Blenheim. I remember we did a podcast on it probably about a year ago. And one of the amazing stats I remember from that is something like 80% of the Sauvignon Blanc comes out of the Marlborough district, out of Blenheim. It is a a titan of the wine growing industry in New Zealand. And the vast bulk of the wine that we export is SAV. So I'm pretty excited about Blenheim as a potential hotspot. My question there to you is, is though, are the people that are going to be renting those properties, are they going to be on minimum wages working for the vineyards, picking fruit? Are they going to be transient tenants? Well, I never care about, you know, if somebody's a minimum wage worker or not, because what really matters is, are they able to pay the rent? And some people will have income subsidies out of wins and things like that. And, you know, you make a judgment call about how you feel about that. But the yields are about average for the rest of the country in Blenheim. They're a bit lower in Richmond and, and Nelson. So, I mean, Blenheim's got a higher average income than Nelson and Richmond. So I'd probably say, pick your property well. It's probably an okay area to investigate more and look more into. And I mean, that's what these episodes are about. Well, it's not saying, hey, every property in Ashburton or Nelson is going to be excellent. But of the different places that you could look at, where might you look? Kaipoirangi or Ashburton, Nelson, Richmond, Blenheim. I'd also take a, a bit of a closer look at Palmerston North as well. Andrew, what's your gut feel about Nelson and Blenheim? I've always been a little bit hesitant because I feel like a lot of the property prices have been pushed up by people who are downsizing from the likes of Auckland or, or Wellington, and now they're moving to this area to retire. So that pushes the house prices up, but doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to continue. So I might be right, I might be wrong. I also worry about the limited industry in places like that. Well, especially Blenheim because it's so reliant on wine growing yeah. over there. So if there was a disease that could impact it, one mitigating factor that makes me feel a little bit more okay about it is you think, well, is the New Zealand wine industry going to continue to grow and become more world-renowned or is it going to go the other way? My feeling is it's probably going to go quite well and continue to keep growing. And so that's why I probably feel a little bit more okay about Blenheim than the likes of Nelson. One thing I should mention is why is the South Island in general a better place to invest in my mind right now compared to, say, the North Island? And the reason is that during the COVID booms, it's really the North Island that went up massively in value. And so if you think about where are house prices falling the most right now, again, it's in the North Island because they went up so far, they had further to fall most of the North Island looks pretty overvalued to me, except for Auckland right now. Why do you think the North Island went up at a faster rate than the South Island with COVID? Probably because the North Island was already booming, especially regional North Island. So if you think about up to about 2016, that's where Auckland had been going off like a frog in a sock. Then what happened, Reserve Bank comes out, they introduced new LVR restrictions where you needed a larger deposit to buy an investment property in Auckland compared to the regions. 
So what did all the Aucklanders do? Well, they had so much equity because their house prices had just gone up by an astronomical amount after the GFC through to 2016. They all start heading down to maybe Palmerston North, Gisborne, Wanganui, Napier. And so all of the regions and Wellington started taking off. So if you think about the COVID boom, Wellington had already been going up in value for about three or four years before that extra impetus came along. And so that kind of pushed it over the edge and made it overheat. So Ed, if I'm going to just buy for yield, where are the best places to invest? Okay, so if I only care about affordability and rental yield, you might look at places like Tokoroa, which is in the South Waikato district. Levin, which is just north of Wellington in the Horofenua district, and also Wanganui. And Gisborne, I'd also add in there. Those areas still have the highest gross yields around the country, and you might chuck in Invercargill. But I want to get out of the South Island because otherwise people say, Ed, you don't talk about the North Island enough, despite the fact that we obviously talk about Auckland, which is about half of the North Island. Ed is a Jaffa, by the way. Oh, a proud Jaffa, <laughs> very proud Jaffa. But if I'm only thinking about yield, I, I would start to look at those. So if I think about Tokoro and South Waikato, the median sale price over the last month there was about $390,000. Now, not many properties are going to be selling there, and sometimes the median sale price jumps around all over the show. But house prices are cheap in South Waikato. They're cheap in Tokoro. And you get a, an average gross yield by these numbers of about 5.5%. My sense is it would actually be significantly higher than that. Your average rent there is 410 bucks a week. It's probably gone up since I ran these numbers because the bond data can sometimes be a bit old. And you might actually be able to purchase a property a bit cheaper than 390k. So you'd probably be able to do quite well there. The only caveat I'd give you is your house value is probably not going to go up much over the next 10 years, I would say. Why is that? Because it's currently overvalued by about 37%. So although house prices are cheap in Tokoroa, they're more expensive than what we would usually expect them to be. Same with Levin. Your median sale price over the last month was under half a million dollars, 475K. Your gross yield, very, very strong. But again, it's overvalued by 19%. So I wouldn't expect my house value in Levin, Wanganui, Gisborne, or Tokoroa to increase over the next decade. I'd probably bank on that fact. But if you're someone who only invests for cash flow, you only care about the yield, then those would be the places that you'd start to go for. And so I think those are probably worth a mention as well. Andrew, what's your gut feel about those kind of areas? Your Tokoroa, your Gisborne, your Wanganui, your Levin? Look, if you were wanting to buy for yield and you wanted to go the traditional route of buying an existing house, and I could see that it would make sense. It's pretty attractive yield. I guess the problem is, you know, when you focus on yield in these smaller regions, you suffer those issues that we've spoken about before on the podcast. Like, you've got to replace a roof. It costs $20,000 no matter where you're doing that in the country. And it's going to suck up so much of your rent to do that. Same with, like, you know, the rates comparison. We looked at how many weeks worth of rent does it take to pay the annual rates on the house, the property council rates. So I think you'd want to really dig down into what the net yield looked like before you went and bought up all of Levin. Yeah, and just to be clear, that doesn't mean that your house in Tokoroa, your house in Levin, your house in Wanganui won't go up in value. But what I want to remind you of is over the last six years, Wanganui and Gisborne house prices have tripled. So they're not going to triple again over the next five years. They've already been through this massive boom. That's why we say they're overvalued because they've already seen massive house price growth. 
So they're probably going to flatline for another decade before we take off again. Mm. You know, of course, things might change. Uh, you know, if we have another be. another COVID pandemic and now all of a sudden interest rates are 2% again and house prices take off. You know, there are those factors. But if we look at it in context, you know, where are we likely to see more capital growth? It's going to be in the South Island. It's not going to be in the North Island. But if you only care about yield, that's where you might look at Gisborne, Wanganui, Tokoroa, and then also live in. And actually, Andrew, I'm going to give you the honours of announcing number 10 on the list. Uh, number 10 on the list is Queenstown Lakes. And the main focus there is, you know, you've got people who have got really, really high incomes and high population growth. And again, you know, it's a limited a number of people there. So to get a high population growth percentage doesn't necessarily require the same number of people uh, arriving there as the likes of Auckland or Christchurch or Wellington, those main centres. But those two factors will push up prices probably some more from where they are at the moment. Yeah, the unique thing about Queenstown is because of its natural beauty, people are always going to want to move there. Not necessarily just from New Zealand, but internationally. Like People want to move there. People want to buy holiday homes there. And there's not that much land available. Yeah, and when I talk to overseas investors, so particularly some of my Singaporean investors, when they talk about buying in New Zealand, they don't care that it's really expensive. They don't care that maybe the yield isn't that great. To them it's cheap. Yeah, to them it's cheap. They just want to have as this aspirational purchase of Queenstown. And I get, I get it. Every time I go there, I love it. I'm just, as an investor, I really struggle to make it work in my head because I really worry about the fact that they're highly reliant on tourism and, you know, if we have another COVID-type situation, what happens to, to properties there? If a whole lot of Airbnbs get dumped on the market again, like we saw in the lockdown, is that going to leave people exposed? But, you know, I can understand wanting to be part of the buzz. So, A, you're thinking about, okay, what happens if tourism goes down? But then secondly... <laughs> Did you do that just for me? Yeah, as Ed, the economist, sometimes goes one B and then D, and I'm like, what? What and are you on about? And then no, I only just made that up for you. But I think the, the the thing is that you do have high incomes there. It's been very high capital growth. Property prices there have rocketed up quickly, and usually would say, oh well, maybe that's a bad sign. But you'd probably say because of the amount of foreign money getting into yes. Queenstown and the amount of Auckland money, actually people selling up in Auckland saying that's it, we're going to move to Queenstown. I actually know somebody very senior owned a property in Queenstown and Auckland and I was speaking with them. They were two partners at some of the big four accounting firms and after COVID they said, actually, we're just going to sell our house in Auckland and just move down to Queenstown. And I think you'll continue to see people with a lot of money, both here and overseas, wanting to move there. And I think the big thing is, this is kind of the data on averages. That doesn't mean that any of these regions, you should just go out and buy any property tomorrow. You have to really dig down to what it is you're buying and also what you're wanting to achieve. So there might be some really, really good deals in Queenstown, but then there's going to be a whole lot of properties that really don't make sense as an investment. Same with Levin, same with Invercargill, same with anywhere. It comes down to the individual deal, right? Yep, so what I'll do is I actually will get this on our website. You're going to do it. When yeah. are you going to do it by? Oh, by the time this podcast gets out, because that'll give me a good incentive to actually do it. As a producer, Dave, reminds me, I've got it all here. And I'll keep this out up to date because I've now automated my whole data process. So you guys will be able to find that on our website. And ultimately, that'll just let you guys be able to make that decision about where do you want to invest. And so where, where will you put it? It'll be in the data, data hub on our great. website. 
So uh, top places we talked about were Kaipoi, Rangiora, Ashburton. We also talked about Blenheim, Nelson and Richmond, as well as Tokoroa, Levin, Wanganui, Gisborne and Queenstown Lakes. Those are our current top 10 outside of Wellington, Christchurch and Auckland. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. Hey, I've also got a webinar coming up. I'll tell you more about it on another episode. Links in the show notes, though. Tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll find it in there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.